Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Next, we have Mark Choco-Williams, which doesn't he doesn't need an introduction. Obviously, he's been well across the AFL industry as a player and premiership coach and now currently head development coach at Melbourne Football Club with his elite kicking program and creator of Precision Kicking. So jump on, Choco. Thanks for yes, jumping on, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm actually reaching across here. So I did invent this footy and it's got a line down the middle of it. I, if people, and we will have the links, I'm sure, but if you go to Sharon dot com dot au forward slash precision or also mark williams champion teams there's a whole lot of free videos there of all the things that i think that i've taught over the years and you know i've got shawnee burgoyne doing this stuff so you know they call him silk he was doing this stuff when he was 18 and a lot of the giants players were doing it and i it's not like i i ended it there it's Every week uh, I find something that, you know, I don't know, probably motivates me. It interests me to find something else that it, it doesn't make it boring for players. And the fact is that it doesn't matter if you're a, a young girl who's first starting, parents get on and help them with it because it starts with that actual demographic. And then it gets up to Dustin, me uh, kicking with Dustin Martin and showing him some kicks as well. And, you know, Ben talked about it. Look at the champion, Mark Williams' champion teams. It, it talks about kicking in a bubble. And that's all the things that happen in the game. Try and be able to be consistent with your kicking no matter what's happening around you. But uh, did you pick it up and kick it? Did you rip it off someone? Did the umpire give you a free kick? Was it stopped? Was it, were you lying on the ground? All those things. But in the end, you have to do the same thing. And it's amazing. In the, in the lockdown, I was with Werribee and I was doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it was, you know, I coach the same for 10-year-old kids as I do for the AFL footballers. I do the same drills. Obviously, we do it a bit faster and all that st stuff. But AFL players who can't kick properly, I bring them right back to what I show the first-day players in regard to hand on the ball, making contact consistently in the same spot, feeling it, hearing it, and, and getting a, a real you – know, where it – where it hit on the foot, get the feeling of it, and can you consistently hit the same spot? And if you can, then you can kick. And I'm very much into the idea of do know how to kick first, and then we'll do a thousand different types of kicks afterwards. But learn how to do the basic one first, and get that right, and then progress from it. And you know, so I just love the idea. Now, since that time, you know, that's the basic kicking. Then I try and work on decision making kicking. What is some basic decision making kicking that people and coaches need to introduce? Don't bore the players. But if they're not doing ten or fifteen minutes of of kicking at the start of every training session, whether they are little kids or whether they are, you know, senior players, women, I don't care who they are, they must be doing ten or fifteen minutes of kicking every training session. And Melbourne Football Club just won the premiership and we did it every week, every week with those footballs. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not just making it up. Kicking percentage went from versus our opposition on the same day under the same conditions. We were 11th last year. We we're fifth this year. When it comes to the finals against all these teams, we were number one. And I'm very proud with the fact that, you know, we, we improved that 
and uh, you know some of the kicks that some of the players delivered you know it, it was it was fantastic so i love it can we can we then make it under kicking under pressure people chasing them can we have chaos of people going everywhere all these sort of drills you need to invent you need to watch what happens in the game stop it a little bit and say how many players are there and make a drill and that's that's probably my expertise if you like is to try and design drills that reflect the game but put players in those situations so it might be when they're under fatigue we're going to do this drill it might be we're going flat out so our highest gps that we get in a game we're going to reflect it and we're going to do it in this drill and we're only going to do it for four minutes but we're going to do it as fast as we can and again that puts them under pressure and can they handle it and once we can tell them to be calm relax see the target then watch the ball done finished the opposition doesn't touch the ball yeah choco when you said you were kicking your percentages was through the roof did you find that their physical output was down didn't have to run as much weren't chasing as much yeah well you know kicking more goals and all those things in the end so i, I honestly i can't give you a, a definitive answer on that mm. but when you're winning you don't you don't run as much, so that would be the case. That always helps, yeah. And where did your passion for specifically focusing on your kicking craft start as a, as a coach or was it as a player? You've always, it's been a journey of something you've always had a fascination with. Uh, well, uh, people might know, but my, my dad was uh, a uh, famous coach who's in the AFL Hall of Fame and, uh, you know, if you go to Adelaide Oval, one of the grandstands is named after him. Coach Port Adelaide for uh, nine premierships and uh, captain coach South Australia and all that stuff. So he was into uh, perfection, if you like. But I'm also a teacher, a phys ed teacher. So all the stuff that, you know, the, uh, the sports scientists and the, the biomechanists and the skill acquisition people, you know, I learned for four years. I love the learning from those guys. And so I, add, I don't gobble all of it up, but I add a little bit of, yeah, I like that bit and I like that bit and I like that bit. And and, you know, in the end, that's what we do. We borrow from everyone and make it your own. And, you know, so I, you know, I'm delighted that Josh and, um, and Ben were using my balls. You know, that's the reason I saw Ben. I thought, what the hell's going on here? He's up in Queensland. He's got my balls and he's using my techniques. And I, I couldn't be more delighted because I just want players to be able to kick better. And there's no way that I can get to everyone. And that's why I put all those things on for free on the, on the Internet. Good luck, and, you know, it's, it's a delight. One of the best stories I've got is this guy, his name's Bazaru Bayer, and he, he come from uh, Senegal. And someone rang me up and said, can I do some kicking with him? Yeah, yeah, I okay. go. So I turn up, and he's got big glasses on, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if you remember him. Yeah. He used to be, play basketball. He comes from Senegal. He's uh, six foot nine, and he's 18, and he's never played football in his life. So I had... 20 of these one-hour sessions with him. And uh, after that, he got drafted on uh, Collingwood's list this year. And it's just wow, 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 wow. This guy has never, ever kicked the ball before. And, uh, you know, so we were showing him all the different things. But uh, I, I got great delight out of it. And, uh, you know, then at the same time, I was coaching a kid who was eight. And I was saying that he kicks better than half the team at Melbourne. Uh, that's, how, how, that's how good he was. Uh, I could give him any of the drills and try and muck him up as quickly as as, mo as much as possible. Amazing amount of pressure, and he could still deliver and hit the kicks. And I thought, wow, I can't wait for 10 years' time to see this kid and where he gets to. And I'm going to say, 
Well, I remember you, mate. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I love those stories. And uh, to this day, you know, every player that I coach, I love to watch them. And, you know, if it's, if it's a bad kick, it's important for everyone to understand. Everyone does bad kicks. You know, I coached Dustin for four years. And, uh, you know, a lot of times he does bad kicks. But he's good enough to understand what happened. You have to recognise what you did wrong and then let it go. But make sure it's better the next time. That's all you have to do. So don't disregard it and say it doesn't matter because what did you do wrong? You forgot to watch the ball at the end or you forgot to run towards the target. You looked up early. There's only about four or five things. And if you go online to those things that I said before, it's got all those, if you do this, if it looks like this, this is what's happened. So I'm there to teach parents. I'm there to teach teachers and other coaches. These are the signs of things that muck up so that you can get the answer straight away and not sit there and wait. You know, Ben said about vision. Vision is so important. You need to take – I have my phone in my pocket all the time at training, and I take players doing stuff and just to show them. And, you know, as he said, people, players and kids, and they don't believe in until you can actually show them, and then, then they're on to it. And once they know that you're there for them and you're there not just to tell them off or tell them they're wrong, give them solutions, then you, you'll get uh, great results. Mark, there about just what you said, which I absolutely love from that. Forget how you worded it. The way I would say it is it's, everything's got a ripple effect. And where does the source of the issue, if it's a consistent error, where does the source of the problem come from? And sometimes it's not the ball drop. It might be, like you said, how your hips move, how your hands move that shake you out of hand, which gets you out of rhythm, which gets you offline, which creates a, a hook on your kick. And about always, so what you're saying is where does it start to go wrong and fix that problem can alleviate the end result being a problem because if it doesn't go wrong early on, you don't get out of control along the way for, like people often say, oh, you, you know, I hook the ball, continually hook my foot. And, I, and we've got a drill there with Joshy to say, yeah, but if I put two metal poles right here and tell you to throw the ball through it, I bet you don't hook it. And, they, and it's like they won't because they've got an injury. They'll kick it and it'll hurt their leg, right? So it's not that they've got a hook foot. It's just where they're doing things to create, to put the ball into a spot, to make you hook it, and that's just their natural mm-hmm. well, However you worded it, someone rewired yeah, it. You're, you're exactly right. <laughs> hook, hook foot, you know, I, I had a player that instead of kicking this way, his foot would go sideways. And I'd put him next to a next to a curb, and make sure that if you want to keep keep hooking your foot, you're going to break your leg. So uh, all these strange little things to try and get them to commit to a, you know a movement going straighter rather than going sideways. And uh, yeah, so it is up to the coach to uh, think through what you can come up with that might be able to help. And it might be the plant foot is on an angle when you go to kick, which turns your hips, which then makes the ball go crazy and it's got nothing to do with anything except get your plant foot straighter. Yeah. Yeah. Over the years, Choco, you've worked at a few footy clubs. But what you mentioned, Melbourne does fifteen minutes every session. Is that uh, do you, in your mind? That's the, that's the, the standard now. Is that what every club sh- that should be doing that for ultimate effectiveness? Yeah, kicking is the key to to winning the game. You know, so you have to do that. You have to do some competition stuff. You have to be smart. So then you have to do some drills that have some decision making in it. So there's three, and if you can't, and if you can't, you can't run. You can't play either. So you know you have to have some sort of fitness or or speed. So they're the four things that I think yeah get people drafted. 
Oh, sorry, what were they, Choco? Kick, run, and... Kick, run, smarts, and competitive win one-on-ones, win your own ball. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you divide and you think, what am I going to do for training tonight? Make sure you're covering all those things. Yeah. And you and mentioned you, the, the chaos and pressure. So many, you know, if you, if you want to do a one particular kicking, there's, say, decision-making kicking, you can do two people up this end versus one in the middle, one goes to one side, kick it to the other bloke. Yep, same up the other end. So we're kicking to two-on-one as we're running through. Then you can make it three-on-two. Then you can make it four-on-three up there and two-on-three here. And so you keep doing the same drills but changing the numbers, but it adds to the motivation. It adds to the enthusiasm of the players, but you're still covering the things off that are helping them. And if you have too many people involved in the drill, only one person's making decision, only one person's kicking it so you have to break down the drills have small numbers usually uneven numbers of groups and you'll get the best result so if you had 15 minutes of doing that you might do uh, 10 minutes where you have just very small numbers but then uh, the last five minutes you might do it with a you know full a full kind of game like thing what's what's a decision making drill people can do when they're just with, like with one other person yeah, well, that's it's difficult, and uh, as Ben said, I, I certainly always uh, bring their dad out or their mum out to, or the sister, brother, have someone there to help you. But in, in the videos, again, if you watch, I, I often use the cricket net so you don't have to kick, go and pick up the ball yeah. um, and uh, have coloured bibs and just get someone to call a bib colour yeah. and hit, hit those things. So that, that's, that's good enough, and you don't have to chase the ball all the time. So, you know, you can do it by yourself and not find an excuse for it yeah yeah i think that's great i think i, I use like for some of my one-on-ones i just have like some agility poles and then i either go like you know left or right or i'll you know like just point so they've got like the visual and then i might go down and i'll go to like one pole make them have to then kick to the free pole so yeah it is hard obviously when you've only got a couple of people but i'm just thinking of things that people can do when they're by themselves or or whatnot you know, it's, it's, more, it's certainly more difficult. You know, if, if probably three, if you have, you know, five people, it's uh, pretty damn good, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Better get your mates involved. And what about when you get the camera out during training? What are some common mistakes you've seen over the years with footballers? You know, I, I show them the hand on the ball stuff. I show, obviously, when the, this sort of ball is dropped, you can see it. It's, it's quite easy for players to then get direct feedback, and that's the reason why we use this ball. The players adjust themselves because they go, oh, yeah, I can see it's not up straight, so can I get the ball up straight? Because if the ball's up straight, it spins violently and then it gets to the target. So some other people, they look up, they want to check their kick, they're not quite confident enough, so they stop and look up. Other, other people, after they kick, they run off on an angle instead of running towards. You know, if someone's running to the left, you should kick and run to the left as well, and then your hips and the body and the ball all go in the same uh, direction so it doesn't tail off at the end and just fall short and all that sort of stuff. You know, so that, that, that's mainly it. Uh, I, honestly, there's only about four or five things that people do wrong uh, and not like they do them all wrong, but there's one of those four or five things and if you can fix those things and they are aware of it, but kicking is not easy and it takes a long time and don't think if you listen tonight you've got it fixed or you go out and practice it for a week, it, it won't work. It'll come back. You need to be very, very consistent with it, and it's not an easy skill. 
Last one. Choco, you, you, you mentioned you've given feedback with players during their training session. You've showed them the video and they're now aware of an area that they're working on. And are they doing, are they just focusing on that at their next training session or do you give them craft drills that they're supposed to do on their own time? How does it look? Well, I have those uh, little balls, that, you know, uh, size one. I don't know, people probably know, but um, adult males are size five and females are size four. So you can get size one size balls. It's a lot easier for people to hang on to. It uh, makes them really have to attend to it. And it's, uh, it's another drill that kind of interests the players that are pretty good. They want to be really good at a small ball as well. So all, all of those things are good. It might be uh, kicking a tennis ball on a, on a string so that uh, you get a consistent hit on the same spot on your foot. It might be kick the ball and spin it in the air as you walk along. I don't know. There's a, there's a whole lot of different things. But if you're poor at something, you have to go backwards. You can't just keep going. You need to stop it and say, right, I'm going to practice this way, way, way over the top so that uh, it becomes you know, a natural thing and something that's you know, relearned. So you have to really dump what you know and relearn again. That, that's what happens. Love it. Fantastic. Thanks, Choco. For, for those that want to get in touch with you, mate, you mentioned some one-on-one coaching and, and working with people of all ages to help them get drafted. Is, is that still happening or are you too busy at Melbourne? Be the kicking consultant. Honestly, I haven't got any time at Melbourne. It's uh, it's really busy. It's really exciting. Who knows? You know, I might get the flick next year, and I'm back looking for something to do. So, but I, I can see myself being doing this for uh, you know years to come. I know what I'm doing, and I I know that uh, you know that they get great success out of it. But as I said, the videos are free. I'm really happy that to get on and look at them and coach yourself, coach your kids. It's like you get the same uh, thrill of. You know, you taught a kid how to ride a bike. You teach a kid how to uh, how to kick a footy, and you get that same thrill. And you know, the girls that are getting into it now. I've uh, I've gone out with Daisy Pierce. I've gone out and helped the girls at at Melbourne. It's 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 a wonderful thing, and they get such delight to have someone that uh, knows you know a lot of stuff and been around and give them uh, some help as well. And so the girls out there, uh, I, I see the young girls coming through now. And they're going to be so much better kicks than the, the original AFLW girls because they've just started younger and they've got better better coaching. So look out in the future. I concur with that, Chuck. I work with the Richmond women's team and absolutely, absolutely. The, the effort yeah. and the attention that they put into the into the stuff there is amazing. And like I said, there are some girls who legitimately kick so well and work on their craft and their sponges for information too. So I wholeheartedly agree where where that's headed. All right. Well. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks, Chuck If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian of the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. 
and then game changers, yeah, game game changers whatever that might be and look it probably keeps me in a job but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and you know and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for yeah yeah another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the prepare like a pro live chat show here's an example with academy member Rama Davies the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks welcome Rama to the chat uh Rama has also worked at at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat. Um and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah, certainly, yeah, has been massive for me now and, and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's if you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish... Back then, when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things. And um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and, yeah. and, yeah, like just, yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just, yeah there's so many people like great people out there knowledgeable people to learn off and there's plenty more where that came from if you would like to learn more then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes thank you for listening to the prepare like a pro podcast if you like this episode it'd be a massive help if you could like follow rate give a review or even share with your mates the show is recorded in melbourne australia be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.